Hi guys, and welcome back to Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. I'm sorry I've been gone away for so long from the show, guys. I do sincerely apologize, but I hope you guys have enjoyed the show so far and enjoyed my previous episode of Mr. John Lynn. Please welcome back to the show that I popular demand this morning, the comedy style duo of Alice Faye and Mr. Phil Harris and the Phil Harris and Alice Faye show. Please stay tuned after their performance to hear Miss Alice Faye sing a couple of songs and stay tuned after the show to hear a quick update. I hope you guys have a wonderful day and always remember guys to enjoy the show. Thanks. of those fine Fitch products present the new Fitch bandwagon starring Alice Faye. You never know just how much I love you. You never know just how much I care. And Bill Harris. Won't come with me to Alabama. Let's go see my dear old mammy. She's frying eggs and broiling hammy. That sugar-cured hammy. That red gravy hammy. And that's what I like about the style. As we join Phil and Alice now, it's morning at the Harris residence. And like many a mother, Alice is busy in the nursery getting her little family ready for the day. Now hold still, baby, while I comb these pinks out. There. My, you have beautiful hair. And it's so much wavier since I've been putting it up in bobby pins every night. Mommy. Yes, honey. Will you do my hair now? You spend enough time on Daddy. Look, kid, when you start bringing home some cabbage, we'll concentrate on you. <laughs> Up till now, you ain't made a biscuit. But, Daddy, Mommy doesn't spend all that time on her hair, and she's much prettier than you are. <laughs> That's a lie, and you know it. Don't mind your Daddy, baby Alice. When he got up this morning, he was a little G R O. U-C-H-Y. But, Mommy, what makes him so M-E-A-N? You two cut that out! <laughs> now, if you have something to say, let me in on it. I'm no head man of this house. <laughs> Don't be so touchy. What do you mean, touchy? The last time you started spelling things, some doctor put me out of the room and we had baby Phyllis. Oh, don't be ridiculous. Alice 
Alice, why don't you go out and play with Phyllis? I'll do your hair later. Yeah, goodbye, baby Alice. So long, hot shot. <laughs> oh, Phil, are you wearing that coat today? Why don't you wear your sport coat? No, honey, that's too long. Phil, it's not too long. Please wear it. What, and hide my yellow shoes? <laughs> Stop kidding. Hey, what are you all dressed up for? Oh, I thought I might take a run over to 20th Century Fox. They called me up yesterday. Oh. They called you up, huh? Look, kid, you don't want to make another picture. Well, I'm not saying I do, but you can't expect me to ignore them over at the studio. After all, they do have me under contract. Under contract, under contract. <laughs> I've been under contract for years with Jackson, and it don't mean nothing. <laughs> Break the contract. Well, all right. But if I do, they'll stop sending those checks every month. Oh, well, that's different. Put on your track shoes and get on over there. <laughs> Be sarcastic. But, Alice, if you make another picture, who's going to take care of the house? And what about the kids? Oh, that's all right. Just you'll take care of everything. I know, honey, but who's going to do my hair? <laughs> How about some breakfast for the sweetest little musician this side of Lombardo? Oh, good morning, Mr. Harris. You sit right down there and I'll fix you something real nice. Well, bless you, honey. Hey, sissy, you always get up this early? Yeah, Mr. Harris, I don't call this early. Why, when I was a girl back home, my father got up every morning at 5.30 and brought in a big load of wood for the stove. Yeah, well, about that time, my old man would come in with a pretty big load himself. <laughs> Aren't you excited about Mrs. Harris going to the studio this morning? Excited, Sissy? Yes, I'm so excited. I'm just overcome with emotion. <laughs> oh, you know, Miss Harris, I've always enjoyed Alice Faye so much in pictures. Why, I used to watch her in those love scenes with Tyrone Power, and I'd say to myself, wouldn't it be wonderful if that sweet little girl would marry some nice, clean-cut young fella like that? <laughs> That's, uh, that's what you said to yourself, huh? Oh, many times. Look, sissy, you keep putting out jive like that and you'll be visiting the employment agencies with Will Rogers, Jr. <laughs> oh, Mr. Harris, I didn't mean it that way. Why, when I was a girl, you'd been my idea of a real man. Ah, uh, now don't try to make <laughs> no, up with me, sissy, you, you rascal, you... <laughs> Uh, your coffee's bad, too. Oh. So, look, uh, I bet you still have plenty of dates on your day off, though, don't you? Oh, don't be silly, Mr. Harris. After a girl gets past 40, she transfers her affection from men to Sloan's liniments. <laughs> <laughs> How about another cup of coffee, Mr. Harris? No, sissy, I don't have the time. i got to get down to rehearsal. Bye now. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Now you're getting it. That was all right. You know something? You're playing much better since you started soaking your reeds in Dad's old-fashioned root beer. <laughs> you're doing all right. Now keep it up. Now let's grab this next one here and really put it over. Wait a minute. 
What's the matter with you, Artie? What do you mean, Phil? Well, you ain't said nothing. Don't you have to drive your mother-in-law someplace? Uh -uh. I drove her to Santa Monica last week. Well, what are you doing this week? Waiting for the tide to come in. <laughs> Waiting for the tide to come in? Yeah, and if he don't come in with it, I'm sitting pretty. Oh, well. <laughs> now, sit back there, Artie, and let's take this number. You ready, fellas? Take it from me. One, two... Way down among Brazilian coffee beans Grow by the billion So they've got to find those extra cups to fill They've got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil You can't get cherry soda Cause they've got to sell their soda And the way things look I guess they never will They've got a billion tons of coffee in Brazil no tea or tomato juice, you'll see. No potato juice, cause the planters down in Santos all say no, no, no. A politician's daughter was accused of drinking water and was fined a great big $50 bill. They've got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil. Get a date, and when you get her, she smells like a percolator. Her perfume was made right on the grill. Why they could percolate a notion in Brazil. When their ham and eggs need savor, coffee ketchup is their flavor. Coffee pickles way out, sell the till. Who they put coffee in their coffee in Brazil. No tea or tomato juice, you'll see. No golden van of juice. Cause the planters down in Santos all say no, no, no. So you'll add to the local color, serving coffee with a crawler. Dunking doesn't take a lot of skill. They've got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil. So when in full dress, have a demi test, drink it steamy and creamy or black. Jack, there's an awful lot of coffee in Brazil. Ladies, for top-to-toe beauty, start at the top with your hair. Keep it refreshingly clean, velvety soft, delight with loveliness. Thousands of discriminating women have found that Fitz Dandruff Remover Shampoo leaves their hair lovelier and easier to manage. You see, Fitz has a special reconditioning action that thoroughly cleanses your hair and scalp. And since Fitz is completely soluble in water, only an ordinary water rinse is needed to give your hair that clean, sparkling look. Well-groomed women know that clean hair means beautiful hair. That's why so many use Fitz Dandruff Remover Shampoo, for it leaves their hair soft and glorious looking, jeweled with star-bright light. For beautiful hair, use Fitz Shampoo regularly each week. Buy a big economical bottle of Fitz Dandruff Remover Shampoo at your drug or toilet goods counter or have professional applications at your beauty or barber shop. Angeles Times calling. Yes. Are you Alice Faye? Yes. The big moving picture star? 
Well, yes. Are you the Alice Faye who's married to Phil Harris? Yes, I'm married to Phil Harris. You lucky girl, you. (laughs) (laughs) You. You hurt me. Hey, uh, how'd you make out the studio? Well, honey, they have a wonderful story they'd like me to do. Yeah? What part does Don Amici play? (laughs) No, no, Don isn't with them anymore. No? That's gratitude for you. He invents the telephone for them, and then when things get tough, they throw them out. Bill, you know that's not true. All right, so it's not true. Well, are you going to make the picture, or aren't you? Oh, I don't know, Phil. They're sending George Markham, the producer, out to the house this afternoon to talk it over. All right, all right. I got up against the outfit. What I want to know is why are they after you? Well, they must think I'm still good box office. Yeah, I thought they replaced you with Thunderhead, son of Flicker. <laughs> Alice? Alice? Hmm. I wonder why she hung up. Hey, fellas, rehearsal over? Am I late? Late? Certainly you're, you're late. And rehearsal's over. Where you been anyway? Well, I had to get down to court this morning. Oh. I got a ticket last night for parking at the curb. What do you mean? You ain't got no car. I know. I was just laying there. <laughs> Frankie, for the last time, lay off of them tired jokes this morning. Okay, Charlie. What's the matter? You look worried. I got a right to be worried. Alice is talking about making another picture. No kidding? Yeah, and she's got one of them producer guys from 20th Century coming over to the house this afternoon. You know, Charlie, since you've been married to Alice, I've seen her in a lot of pictures and something's been bothering me. Yeah? What is it? How do you feel about her kissing them other crumbs? <laughs> How do I feel about it? Look, kid, how would you feel if someone came home one night and you found them watering your bourbon? <laughs> horrible thought. It's a horrible reading, too. <laughs> Look, Curly, if she's making another picture, how come you ain't in it? Who, me? Yeah. Now's the time, kid. You're right. Besides, all them married people act together. <laughs> Look at Lawrence Olivier and Vivian Lee. And that other couple, Lum and Abner. <laughs> Frankie, they're not married. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. They're sisters. <laughs> but you get the idea. Play it smart, kid. Get Alice to work you in there. But I don't know nothing about that acting racket. Fake it. You didn't know nothing about music, and that never held you back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Look, Curly, you're getting one picture that'll make you. Why, I can see it now. Alice Faye, supported by Phil Harris. It's no use, Frankie. Your old lady's had that same dream for years. <laughs> Look, fellas, nothing to it. Just to like all them foreign actors who come over here. Start throwing a little Shakespeare around, and you're in. Huh? Yeah. These Hollywood producers always go for them monkeys from the legitimate theater. Yeah, but wait a minute. Who's Shakespeare? <laughs> you know, the famous Beard of Avon. Oh, yeah, Marty Woolley. <laughs> no, no, no. Shakespeare was a writer. You know, the stuff like, uh, Alas, poor Yorick. I know him well. Yeah? Who's the guy Yorick? Well, he wasn't exactly a guy. He was a skull. Skull? Yes. If 
spot was played on the stage by John Carradine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah. are you sure that they go for them Shakespearean actors' things in pictures? Oh, what do you mean that they go for Shakespeare? Look at Lost Weekend. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I love that one. <laughs> Another picture. Well, Phyllis, I might. What part is Mr. Amici going to play? Oh, oh, he won't be in it, honey. Oh. I guess he doesn't need the money anyway. What makes you say that? Well, this little boy is going to have lots of money. He said he's going to buy his mommy a fur coat and his daddy a brand new house. But, honey, he's only six years old. Where would he get all that money? He told me he was going to sell his kitty car to Madman Mark. <laughs> oh, baby, he was just fooling you. Why are you playing that piece, Mommy? Oh, it's a song I did in a picture once. Is it a pretty song? Well, it's a favorite of mine. See if you like it. You'll never know just how much I love you. You'll never know just how much I care. And if I try, I still couldn't hide my love.
maestro, you're home. Yeah. Hello, Luigi. The Lord to keep you busy. Oh, no, maestro. All day long I've been working on the pear tree. Pear tree? Yeah, you know what that is, the pear. A pear is a banana with its girdle off. <laughs> oh, banana with its girdle off. Oh, I gotta use it sometimes. Look, uh, uh, say, listen, uh, you got a lot of books up in your room, haven't you, Luigi? Oh, yes, maestro. Luigi lives in a world of books. You know, when he wants to enjoy beautiful thoughts, he have a little poetry book for that. And when he wants to visit the far places of the earth, he have a little travel book for that. Yeah. Hey, Luigi. Hmm? Uh, how about uh, Luigi? He want to uh, have a little date sometimes. <laughs> Luigi have a little black book for that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir, I know what you mean. Mine went up in flames five years ago. <laughs> Oh, I think Mrs. Harris make you burn it, eh? Heck no, it was a case of spontaneous combustion. <laughs> it was loaded, Luigi. Hey, listen, uh, in those books of yours, uh, you happen to have any up there by, uh, uh, by a guy named Shakespeare? Oh, yes, maestro, I've always was. What beautiful books. They are all for Rocco Bond. I don't care where they're going. Can I borrow a couple of them? <laughs> sure, Miss Harris. If you come up to my room, you can pick up. Well, I will. Come Mrs. Harris, what is it, sister? There's a Mr. Markham from the studio here to see you. Oh, yes. Come on in, George. I'm in here. Oh, hello, Alice. Gosh, it's good to see you again. You're looking great. Thanks, George. I'm sorry I missed you over at the studio this morning. Well, we often talk about you over there, Alice. Why, they've almost forgiven you for marrying Phil Harris. <laughs> <laughs> I knew they would someday. Well, we don't want to rush you, Alice, but I brought a copy of the story along. Well, George, I haven't exactly made up my mind yet about making another picture. You know, my family keeps me pretty busy. Yes, yes. Oh, by the way, Alice, we've been friends a long time. I wonder if you'd mind a personal question. I know, George. What is it? Well, is it really true that he makes you curl his hair? <laughs> oh, George, I, I don't know where people get such wild ideas about Phil. Well, after all, he is quite a character on the Jack Benny program. Yes, but really, George, he's not that way at all when you get to know him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> about the picture. Alice, I think this story fits you like a glove. Now, if we can get Ty Power to play the lead and do a rewrite on the... Hey, Alice! Alice! Oh. oh, Phil, come on in here. I want you to meet somebody. Phil, you know George Markham from 20th Century. Glad to see you, Phil. Alas, poor Yardick, I knew him. Well? <laughs> Excuse me. Hark! The gentle music stoppeth. The golden lute is heard no more. Can this be fate? No. It is Petrillo. <laughs> And home is going to square it with the union. <laughs> Wait a minute, Phil. I'm afraid I don't quite understand you. Well, don't let it throw you, Doc. It's a little jive I picked up in the illegitimate theater. Phil <laughs> Harris, what is this nonsense? Now, let me do the talking, kid. Now, look here, Doc. Here's the way I got it figured out. You team up me and Alice and this turkey, and before you know it, you'll have a combination bigger than Lawrence Liver and Vivian Lehigh. <laughs> 
Do I understand that you want to be in this picture? Well, why not? Harris is right. That's becoming increasingly apparent. <laughs> George, I'm sorry. I think maybe we'd better talk this over some other time. Yes, yes, Alice. You look over the story, and I'll call you later in the week. Uh, goodbye. Wilt thou be gone? It is not yet near day. It was the nightingale and not the lark that feared the fearful hollow of thine ear. <laughs> oh, Phil Harris, no. Oh, no. Well, what's so funny? What's so funny? What's so funny? It was the nightingale and not the lark. Oh, what a performance. Yeah, well, when you started out, you were no Sarah Bernhardt, you know. Yeah. Well, maybe not, but the first part I ever had on the stage, I read lines better than that. Some lines you had. Before you went on, you'd say to the manager, put another patch on my bubble, Herman. We've got a wild house tonight. <laughs> you know, I was never a bubble dancer. All right, I don't know. Well, never mind that nonsense. I did pretty well in pictures. How could you miss? All you ever did was to come out in 12 petticoats, kick your leg a couple of times, and holler, Hello, Frisco. Hello, that's the only way that you were here, Al. <laughs> and don't say Frisco. It's Hello, San Francisco. Because I love them up there, and they love me up there. Hello, San Francisco. Anyway, anyway, before we were married, you used to see all my pictures five or six times. Well, certainly I did. I didn't want you to see them all by yourself. That's <laughs> so. You made me go along to read you the titles. Well, I got a right to know what's going on. <laughs> well, anyway, I wish you hadn't tried to be so smart in front of George Markham. George Markham, George Markham. Is he a genius or something? Well, he's held an important job over there for a good many years, and he'll be there for a good many more. Yeah, well, don't count on it, sister. A lot of other guys thought the same thing until last Tuesday. <laughs> Another cup of coffee, Mr. Battervall. Or is it Gregory Peck? I don't know. It all depends on what you put in the coffee. <laughs> Listen. All right, so you're ribbing me. Look, you can't blame a guy for trying. Well, you sounded so silly doing Shakespeare. The way you came in and started... Hello? Oh, hello there. Yes? Phil? Mm-hmm. He's right here. Just a minute. Hey, what's for you? It's George Markham. For me? Yes, and he says it's important. Uh, well, so I looked kind of silly doing Shakespeare, did I? <laughs> oh, look, honey, Harris is in. You can't hide, Callum, sister. You can't <laughs> be known as Pretty Boy Harris from here on. That's Tyrone Flower. Give him a block. Look, watch me handle this guy. Hello, GM. Philzy speaking. Hello, Phil. Uh, when I was out at your house this afternoon, I'm afraid I overlooked something. <clears throat> yes, yes. Uh, I sort of figured the same thing. I have a little job for you, Phil. Oh, oh, you do, huh? So soon? Yes, yes. When I was over there this afternoon, I left my gold cigarette lighter. Would you mind dropping it at my office in the morning? Oh. <laughs> Alice and Phil will be back in just a moment. If you want the truth, go to a child is a popular expression. 
But if you have unsightly dandruff and want to know the truth about it, just go to your mirror. If your mirror could talk, it would probably tell you to use Fitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo. For Fitch is the only shampoo made whose guarantee to remove dandruff with the first application is backed by one of the world's largest insurance firms. Fitch dissolves all traces of dandruff on the hair and scalp and then forms a rich, creamy lather to carry away the dissolved dandruff. This famous shampoo has many other advantages. Fitch reconditions your hair and your scalp as it thoroughly penetrates and cleanses the thousands of tiny hair openings. Fitch is so gentle, it will not harm even a baby's tender scalp. It makes your scalp tingle with that clean sensation. After a Fitch shampoo, let your mirror show you how Fitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo leaves your hair free of dandruff, sparkling clean, and shining with natural highlights. Fitch is spelled F-I-T-C-H. Daddy. What is it, baby Alice? I'm busy. Well, Luigi wants to know if he can have his Shakespeare books back. Can't you see that Daddy's still using them? Oh, Phil. Give the books back to Luigi. You can color pictures in something else. <laughs> when the F.W. Fitch Company again brings you the Fitch Bandwagon with Alice Fay and Phil Harris. This program is written by Joe Connolly and Bob Mosier, directed by Paul Phillips, with original music composed and conducted by Walter Sharp. Included in the cast were Janine Ruth and Anne Whitfield. Alice Fay appears to the courtesy of 20th Century Fox. That's a while a song After in between fit shampoo, 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 after in between fit shampoos, you can keep your hair shining and manageable by using a few drops of Fitch's Ideal Hair Tonic every day. Fitch's Ideal Hair Tonic is not sticky or greasy, yet it gives your hair that well-groomed look. Bill Foreman speaking. NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. W. Fitch Company, makers of those fine Fitch products, presents the Fitch Bandwagon, starring Alice Bay. You never know just how much I love you. You never know just how much I care. And Phil Harris. Won't you come with me to Alabama? Let's go see my dear old mammy. She's frying eggs and boiling hammy. That sugar-cured hammy. That red gravy hammy. And that's what I like about the sound.
As you may know, Phil Harris has recently embarked on a program of self-betterment. The first evidence of this new phase reared its ugly head two weeks ago when Phil announced that he was going to take an adult extension course at the University of Southern California. But, Phil, you going to college, this is ridiculous. It is not. Now, you might not know this, but I've been preparing myself for college for a long time. You have? Well, of course. Every night for the past three months, I've been reading a page out of the encyclopedia. Why, Phil, that's wonderful. Sure, and I figure if I keep at it, I'll be at the bottom of that page by April. (laughs) And then last week, still following his course of self-improvement, Phil Harris consulted a psychiatrist. Yes, Mr. Harris. After extensive tests and observation, I've come to the conclusion that you have a strong tendency toward megalomania, coupled with a powerful narcissus complex. This, of course, is in addition to your inherent schizophrenic maladjustment with overtones of dementia precox. Yeah. Yeah, I see, but, uh, but what does that all mean? Mr. Harris, you are nuts. <laughs> Undaunted by these experiences, we find Phil Harris, the student, on last Thursday, burning the midnight oil. Phil, what are you doing? My homework for USC. But you've been sitting there for two hours. Oh, I know it. I got to write a composition for class tomorrow. Composition? What's it about? I like basket weaving because... (laughs) And it's got to be a hundred words. Well, that doesn't sound so hard. Why are you taking so long? I don't know a hundred words. (laughs) Anyway, this darn fountain pen won't write. Well, don't you think you might do better if you put some ink in it? Oh, yeah. I forgot it's a new one. Mm -hmm. But the man said once you get it filled, it writes for 15 years without stopping. Well, here's the ink bottle. Go on, fill it. Okay. Start writing. Uh-oh. What's the matter? It's filled, isn't it? Yeah, but not so heavy, I can't lift it. <laughs> oh, use a pencil. Oh, honey, but I don't know what I like about basket weaving. Well, you must like something about the class. For instance, your fellow pupils. What are they like? Well, there's Elmer, who sits next to me. He's a pretty nice fella. Of course, he drools a little. <laughs> Well, Gladys, she sits right beautifully developed pinheads I've ever seen. Phil, I'm sure she's not a pinhead. Oh, no? Then why does she have the Gettysburg address engraved on her forehead? Oh, Phil. Well, she does. Well, he's still in bed, Phyllis. He sat up most of the night doing his homework. But, Mommy, it's 11 o'clock. He should be up by now. All right, Alice. You and Phyllis can go upstairs and wake him up if you want to. Thank you, Mommy. Come on, Phyllis.
Phyllis. Daddy's awfully sound asleep, isn't he? Yeah, so hot shots really tearing it off. <laughs> You know Mommy doesn't want you to talk like that. Daddy talks like that. Yes, but he doesn't know any better. <laughs> How will we wake him up today? Shall we jump on his stomach again? Let's shake him. Oh, no. Daddy said if we did that once more, he'd knock our little heads together. <laughs> oh, dear, it's so hard to wake Daddy up since our snapping turtle died. <laughs> Let's shake him. Daddy! Daddy, wake up! Oh, yes, wake up! He's opening his eyes! Quick, Phyllis, you go get his slippers. I'll undo his chin strap. <laughs> Are you sure he's awake? All right, fellas, who's got the dice? <laughs> he's awake. Good morning, Blondie. Well, if it isn't the sleeping beauty. So you finally decided to come downstairs. Yeah, huh? I didn't sleep so well last night. Honey, I had an awful dream. Oh, you did? Yeah, I dreamed I was John L. Lewis and Philip Murray was plucking my eyebrows. <laughs> oh, honey, what a headache. Hey, how about some breakfast? All right. Say, how'd you make out with your composition last night? Oh, it's coming along. I got it right here. Well, let me see it. No! Oh, Phil, I just want to look it over and correct your punctuation. My what? <laughs> your periods and commas. Surely you know what a comma is. Oh, yeah, that's what my old man used to go into after he inhaled that southern stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a comma. That's what my old man had. A no, moonshine no. comma, he did. <laughs> now, Phil, that's a coma. You must know something about punctuation. When you were in school, what came at the end of a sentence? Fifty dollars and a suit from the warden. <laughs> You let me see that composition. No. Now, it's my baby, and I'll thank you to keep your rinse white lunch hooks off of it. <laughs> oh, stop it. I'm going to read this. Oh, Phil. You've changed the whole idea of the composition. Well, what's wrong with that? You can't hand in an essay titled, I Love Phil Harris Because. <laughs> yeah. Come to think of it, that would run way over a hundred words, wouldn't it? <laughs> But, honey, if you don't hand in that composition on basket weaving today, you'll flunk the course. I know it, I know it, but I gotta get downtown now. Hey, maybe I'll get an idea at the pool hall. But, Phil, don't you understand? <laughs> don't you understand? If you're serious about improving yourself and getting an education, you're going to have to take a different attitude. What do you mean? Well, an educated man doesn't hang around pool halls and go to prize fights and play cards all night the way you do. Yeah? What do them educated monkeys do for fun? Well, they follow intellectual pursuits. Oh, chase dames, huh? <laughs> oh, Phil, you're hopeless. Well, I got to get down to rehearsal. Look, give me a kiss, will you? Oh, man, and they say I married her for money. Okay. 
no, fellas, no. That's brutal. You're fighting me. You characters will end up playing dinner music at Barney's Beanery. We couldn't do that, Phil. That's a Mar Davis job. Oh, why don't you stop that? Why don't you stop that, Artie? Now, come on, guys. Let's take it by section. Now, let me hear them brasses. Oh, that's okay. Now, let me have the reeds. Gee, that's fine. Now, let me hear them strings. Thank you, Ephraim. <laughs> now open that thing up and let Dave Rose out of there. Hey, let's make this fast, Bill. I gotta drive my mother-in-law to Anaheim. Wait a minute, Artie. Wait a minute. Can't your mother-in-law ever get to Anaheim by herself? Oh, yeah. Last week I sent her up there by thumb. Oh, she hitchhiked, huh? No, I tied a piece of rope around her thumb and hooked the other end to a Greyhound bus. <laughs> I see. Well, did she get to Anaheim all right? No, but her thumb did. Oh, Artie, get up. Forget about it. Now get back there to the band. All right, fellas. If you're ever down in Texas, look me up. Look me up. If you're ever down in Texas, look me up. Where the men are men and love it, and the gals are so glad of it. So if you've ever down in Texas, look me up. Everybody's gonna holler, howdy do, howdy do. Everybody there'll be saying, how are you? They raise corn for hot tamales and grow dollies for the follies. So if you've ever down in Texas, look me up. Ask anyone for Rusty, everybody knows of me. They'll tell you where I'm riding that bar so if you ever down in Texas, look me up, look me up. They've got everything in Texas looking up. With the moonlight on the prairie and the gal that ain't contrary. So if you ever down in Texas, look me up. Anyone for Phil Z, they'll tell you where I'm at. They'll say that I'm in Galveston with a rock back coat and a Stetson hat. So if you ever down in Texas, look me up. Look me up. We've got everything in Texas looking up. With the moonlight on the prairie and the gal that ain't contrary. So if you ever down in Texas, look me up. Bronco bust and take some practice, or you wind up on the cactus. So if you ever down in Texas, look me up. Where the gals are good at figures And the cowboys quick on triggers So if you're ever down in Texas, look me up Every gal's a raven beauty hip ki coyote What I'm trying to tell you is I can't wait till I get back down there So I can hear, uh, go something like this And, uh, said, uh, show glad y'all come by Don't you forget to come back now, you hear? Bye now, bye I'm gonna build a dopey palace for my Alice down in Dallas. So if you're ever down in Texas, look me up. Have you ever seen a woman whose frock is fashionable and becoming, but made from very poor quality material? Well, ladies, the effect is the same. If your coiffure is smart and flattering, but is spoiled by stiff, dull-looking dandruff-flaked hair. 
That's why discriminating women who want soft, lustrous, easy-to-manage hair use Fitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo. For Fitch is the shampoo that reconditions as it cleanses, giving your hair longer-lasting beauty. Regardless of the color of your hair, regardless of the texture, Fitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo leaves your hair thoroughly cleansed, velvety smooth, shining with sparkling natural highlights. Fitch Shampoo has been granted the Good Housekeeping Seal and the Parents Magazine Commendation Seal. So for hair that complements your coiffure, hair that shimmers and shines, use Fitch Shampoo regularly. Buy an economical bottle of Fitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo at your drug or toilet goods counter or have professional applications at your beauty or barber shop. Hey, Phil. Yeah, Frankie. I told the fellas on next rehearsals on Sunday. Is that right? Yeah, thanks. Hey, Curly, you know, I almost missed rehearsal this morning. Oh, well, that's all right. I only keep you in the band because your guitar has a direct wire to all tracks. <laughs> Just so I can get the latest rundown, the morning line, bud, that's all. But what happened? Well, you know that big laundry on Sunset Boulevard? Well, just as I was walking past it, the whole darn thing blew up. Blew up? Yeah. Bloomers are flying. Oh, right. <laughs> Bloomers are flying. Listen, Frankie, uh, I'll see you Sunday. I got to get over to USC now. Hey, Phil, you still monkeying with that college stuff? Yeah, Frankie, I'm monkeying with it, but I ain't doing so good. I got to write a composition. Write? Oh, Curly, you come to the right guy. Yeah? <laughs> hey, uh... You know something about writing? Do I? I was known as the Kathleen Windsor of PS4. <laughs> no kidding. Sure. I still read nothing but high-class literature. True confessions, Agassi, weird tales, <laughs> spicy mechanics. <laughs> spicy mechanics? Well, sure. On the cover, they got Gypsy Rose Lee holding a blowtorch. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. But this ain't helping me with my composition. Well, how much you got so far? I like basket weaving because... <laughs> well, that's a good start, Curly. No, Frank, that's the title. They gave us that. Look, Curly, what you need is a collaborator. All right, but who's going to teach me to play it? <laughs> no, no, Phil. I mean, I'll help you write it. We'll pool our knowledge. Oh, Frankie, that ain't no pool. That's a bird bath. <laughs> anyway, it won't work. Do you think it's right for you to help me? Ain't it cheating or something? No, all them big, big shots work together. Look at that team, Fulton and O'Sullivan. Fulton and O'Sullivan? What did they ever do? What did they ever do? They built a steamboat with rubber heels, that's all. <laughs> Frankie, forget about that stuff. Look, let's go someplace and write this composition, huh? Gee, I hope I'm not late for class today. Man, what a composition Frankie wrote for me. Oh, this is gonna murder him. Hey, look how they got the floors all waxed in this hallway. Gee whiz, I bet I could slide right from here down to my classroom. I think I'll try it. Here goes. Excuse me, mister. 
But would you mind getting your big yog head off of my vacuum cleaner? I can't, lady. The suction's holding it in. Well, just a minute. I'll give it a yerk. Uh, well, goodness gracious. What's wrong with you? Nothing, lady. Nothing's wrong with me. I'm just waiting for my head to unpucker. That's all. Well, get off of my clean linoleum, you big yak ass. Limey. <laughs> oh, here's the classroom here. Hello, Professor. Am I late? Late? Of course you're not late. We're just sitting around here waiting for the Robert E. Lee. <laughs> now sit down, you. Yes, sir. As students of the basket weaving class, as you know, our subject for today is I like basket weaving because... Is stop drooling, Elmer. <laughs> yeah, cut it out, Elmer. You're warping your desk. <laughs> Well, Mr. Harris, since we're so alert this afternoon, suppose we hear your composition first. Are you prepared? What are you asking, Prof? I'm loaded. Yes. <laughs> well, start reading. Reading? Yes, go ahead. Take it. <laughs> okay. Four score and seven years ago... Mr. Harris, stop reading off Gladys's head. <laughs> the composition, please. Oh, yeah, the composition. All right. I like basket weaving because... Baskets is funny thing, period. <laughs> there is clothes baskets, laundry baskets, and most people have bread baskets. <laughs> Coma. Some baskets are very strong, but others are wicker. <laughs> then there is Bon Voyage baskets. This is to keep Bon Voyages in. Baskets is like pottery, only looser. Mr. Henry. And that's what I like about basket weaving. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Harris, is that your composition? Yeah, Doc, ain't it a Lulu? Uh, Mr. Harris, I'd like to tell you a little story. Why, you old rascal. You... <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, years ago, the founders of this institution spent millions of dollars constructing these academic halls. This beautiful castle. They built a veritable wellspring of education. And you, Mr. Harris, you had to come along and stink it up. <laughs> please, Professor, please. Let's not becloud the issue with mysticism. <laughs> Mr. Harris, I've had enough. I'm sending you to the dean's office. All right, Doc, stop hollering on me. Get out, you monster! How do you like that guy? He's just sore because I'm prettier than he is. <laughs> wonder he didn't hear me, the old big-haired professor. Now, where do you suppose that dean's office is? Mm -hmm. 
I didn't know you were here. Aren't you home from college awfully early? Yeah, yeah. Well, how did you do today? Oh, honey, they threw me out. Oh. USC faster than that Notre Dame backfield. <laughs> but uh, you've been attending that class for two weeks now. What about that beautiful basket you've been working on? That's what they carried me out in. In a basket? Yeah, two seniors carried me out to the main gate and then left me in front of St. Vincent's Orphanage. Honey, get a grip on yourself and tell me how all this happened. Oh, I don't know. They sent me to the dean's office. The dean's office? Yeah, and he went over my marks and read my composition and looked at my basket. Well, what did he say? Oh, he didn't say anything. He just shrugged his shoulders and handed me a loaded gun. Well, honey, maybe college just wasn't for you. After all, you still have plenty of interests in life. You have your band, your own program, a nice house and car, and your favorite horse to ride. I know, but baby Alice broke the rocker off of it. <laughs> My poor little baby. Well, I don't know why it always has to happen to me. I... Oh, oh, I'm going to... Oh, some no. of these days... Phil, your mascara's running. It's not... <laughs> It's not mascara, it's Maybelline. <laughs> honey, cheer up. It's not that bad. All right, honey. Gee whiz, you're so sweet to me. You're the sweetest little wife a man ever had. Am I? Yes. Now you say something nice about me. <laughs> Speeches I have ever heard. Darling, you excel at singing praises. When I hold you in my arms, I thrill to every word. Where do you get such lovely little phrases? You say the sweetest things, baby. You have me riding high. Say the nicest things, baby, when you say I adore you. I would do most anything for you. I'm such a fool, for I believe you. Yes, even when you lie. My, you can say the sweetest things, baby, but don't you ever say bye-bye.
Ross and Phil will be back in just a moment. You've often heard the expression, a poor excuse is better than none at all. If you have bothersome, unsightly dandruff and have been offering lame explanations for it, use Fitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo and you won't need any kind of an excuse for dandruff. For Fitch Shampoo actually removes dandruff the very first time you use it. In fact, Fitch is the only shampoo made whose guarantee to remove dandruff with the first application is backed by one of the world's largest insurance firms. And it's so simple to use. All you do is apply a little fit shampoo directly to the hair and scalp before adding water. Massage briskly while the antiseptic liquid penetrates and cleanses the thousands of tiny hair openings on the scalp, dissolving all traces of dandruff. Then add water. Billows of rich, foamy lather form to float away the dissolved dandruff. That's all there is to it. A simple fit shampoo leaves your hair tingling with that clean sensation. Free of dandruff, enhanced by the fresh look that lasts. Fitch is spelled F-I-T-C-H. Bill, so what are you doing? I'm calling up Frankie. I'm plenty sore at that guy. But, Phil... I don't care what Hello. Happens. Hello, Frankie. This is Phil. Oh, yeah, Curly. How's the boy? Don't how's the boy me. That composition you wrote for me really got me in a jam today. Yeah? On account of you, they sent me to the dean's office. I was blackballed from every college in the country and thrown out of USC in a basket yet. Now, <laughs> you're the one who got me in all of this mess. Now, what have you got to say? You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. next week when the F.W. Fitch Company again brings you the Fitch Bandwagon with Alice Fay and Phil Harris. This program is written by Bob Mosier and Joe Connolly, directed by Paul Phillips, with the original music composed and conducted by Walter Sharp. Included in the cast were Janine Roos, Ann Whitfield, and Elliot Lewis. Alice Fay appears to the courtesy of 20th Century Fox. <laughs> Men, use Fitch's Ideal Hair Tonic daily. It makes your scalp tingle with that feeling of new life and pep. Fitch's Ideal is not sticky or greasy. So pep up your scalp and give your hair that well-groomed look with Fitch's Ideal Hair Tonic. Bill Foreman speaking.
This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. I'll keep no fun with no one. I'm getting plenty of sleep. My heart's on strike, 
what's like an empty honeycomb. No love, no sun, no nothing till show hope you guys have enjoyed the show please stay tuned for later on this afternoon guys as I bring to the show or this evening mr. in his first episode on the show mr. Elliot Lewis 
and stay tuned for another update on upcoming shows for the upcoming weeks. Thank you and have a wonderful day. And always remember guys to subscribe and enjoy the show. Thanks.